Just before we jump into our message this morning, I want to say it's good to see you this morning. It's good to see you all. Everybody wave bye to Pastor Chris. Uh, that's right. Um, uh, um, we like to sneak out occasionally and see what's going on in the rest of the building, but we're glad you're here. Hey, I want to take a, a moment and just mention a couple of things. Uh, first of all, Kenny mentioned about giving and supporting the new building program. Uh, if you weren't here Wednesday night, this past Wednesday night, we had a great, great uh, town hall meeting. We're going to be doing those every, uh, every quarter and uh, just to keep everybody up to date with what's going on. Um, we feel like we dropped the ball a little bit on continuing to promote the building program. And so um, you'll be hearing more about that. You'll be given the opportunity here in just a couple of weeks. We're going to be taking up a special offering to build a parking lot. Come on. Woo! Yeah. I know it's hard to get people uh, excited about concrete, but we really do need some additional parking. Excuse me, we had a report a couple of weeks ago of uh, people actually coming in and uh, not being able to find an easy parking place and, uh, and leaving. And we don't want that because we're here to see people connect with Jesus. Amen. We're here people to, see, is to see people find freedom through Kairos and just in the presence of the Lord. So you'll be hearing more about that in a couple of weeks. We'll be taking up a special offering. You'll be getting some information um, about that. So amen. Amen. Are we all good? Uh, the second thing I wanted to just talk to you about real quickly is uh, some of you know that I've been doing some uh, traveling, representing Jesus and representing uh, New Covenant Church, getting to travel with great people. I saw Lonnie and Tim and uh, others here. We got to go to the Bahamas a while back, and God really just blessed us. We had a great time there. Um, we were, there was a group of us that were in Poland, or not in Poland, but in Belarus and in Romania last fall. And then just a couple of weeks ago was in Honduras. I wanted to give you an update. I uh, communicated with Alvin, uh, the Anderson, our representative there. Uh, the reports from the trip in Honduras just a couple weeks ago. Now listen, this isn't about me. This is about Jesus. And this is about will you. This is your prayers, your support. Seven people were saved. Okay. Hallelujah. And uh, we need to get excited about seeing people saved. There were 12 people. They said 12 people that rededicated their lives to the Lord. There were, um, amen, while we were there, there were four people that I got to actually hear. Alvin said there were more, but uh, there were four people that reported that uh, testified of being healed, of being physically healed. Amen. Are you glad, um, are you glad God's still in the healing business? Amen. Some of us need to be a whole lot more glad than that. God still heals, amen, amen. And then um, during, we did a marriage seminar, and uh, during that marriage seminar, he said that there were uh, four marriages. He said he thought there were more, but there were four that had specifically told him that were in the process of separation, moving towards divorce, and God restored those marriages. And so, um, praise God. I mean, this, this is why we exist. This is what it's all about, seeing lives changed by the power of the Holy Spirit, seeing Jesus being the Lord of people's lives uh, around the world and right here, in, uh, right here in New Covenant Church. Amen? Amen. So one other final uh, thing before we go, and uh, again, I don't want to make anybody mad. I was having a discussion with somebody yesterday, and I said, oh, I'm going to mention child sponsorships. If you don't know it, you have the opportunity to do child sponsorships through uh, New Covenant Church. 
church. Right now, we have the opportunity for you to be able to sponsor children in India and in Romania. I'm not again, I'm not against any other organization that does child sponsorships. I know there's, there's a ton of them out there. The only thing I'll say is that through our sponsorship, we know that every penny of the money is going to benefit the children. Not, it's no, there's no overhead being taken out. There's no, uh, you know, salaries that are being paid through this. And additionally, I would say that uh, then you have the opportunity to have direct contact with these, uh, with these children through the two ministries that we're connected with, uh, both in India, where if you all would be praying, I leave Thursday to go to India. If you want to sponsor a child and uh, you want to send a note or you want to get a personal note back, then uh, I encourage everybody to do this. In our family, we sponsor right now, uh, while our kids were growing up, we sponsored a child in Romania for 16, about 16 or 17 years, got to meet meet her last week, see her, uh, her child now. She's 21, 22 years old. Um, but um, I, I'm just so, I think it's a great thing right now. We're sponsoring uh, three children. Yvette only knows about two of them. But um, <coughs> while I was in Honduras last week, or a couple weeks ago, I committed us to another uh, sponsorship. But hey, we got three grandkids, so we're sponsoring three children. Amen? So uh, pray about that, consider that, and, um, and hallelujah. I believe God, I believe God will bless you. Um, for sowing. I really do. I believe that's one of the reasons we've seen the blessings here at New Covenant Church is because we continue to be faithful in our giving, reaching out and touching people's lives uh, everywhere that we can. Amen? Well, let's go into the message. Well, the truth of the matter is we've already been there. I love, I love when God sets things up and when God orchestrates things. Um, it, it may seem like it at times, but to my knowledge, we don't ever uh, set a service up where the songs coordinate with the, the topic of the message or Hannah, you know, starts uh, talking about, I'm not going to be afraid, I'm not going to be afraid, or Corey gets up here and quotes, preaches half my sermon and quotes, you know, <laughs> has people come up and, and pray over fear. But you know what? This is a sign of how much God loves you. God's message, okay, the, the topic for today, we're in a series called uh, uh, um, Handling, um, what is it called? It's called, uh, yeah, <laughs> but, um, you know, but it, it's lies we tell ourselves, lies we tell ourselves, things that we think that we can handle. And today's topic is fear, fear. And, and the reason I really believe that God has, has orchestrated this message and this whole service, not just a message today, is because he loves you too much to let your life continue to be impacted, to continue to be controlled and dominated by fear. Uh, let me tell you, fear is uh, the, the, the prominent, it is the number one weapon that the enemy uses against all people and especially God's people. Uh, he, tr he tries to do that with everybody. He, he tried to do that. As a matter of fact, he, uh, he did that with Jesus. Uh, Luke chapter 22 says this, it talks about Jesus beginning... Uh, it, uh, he was going out to the Garden of Olives to pray, to the Mount of Olives to pray. And verse 40 says, When he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and he prayed. And he said, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not your will be done, not my will be done, but your will be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven strengthening him. <clears throat> let, me, let me encourage you to know, that God doesn't take his eye off of you. God doesn't forget about you. And God will send you strength when you come to him, when you draw close to him. Here in this situation, he sent an angel to be with Jesus. Now, now listen, 
an angel, a touch of God doesn't stop the enemy from trying to impact our lives. Look what it says here. It said, there appeared an angel to him from heaven, strengthening him. But even after being strengthened, he was in great agony, agony, and he prayed all the more. That, that word agony means great distress or, or great fear. And, and, and so Jesus dealt with great fear. Jesus dealt with great, uh, great, great distress in his life. Um, the Bible tells us in Hebrews, it says that Jesus learned through the things that he suffered. Do you know why he suffered? He suffered for you. He suffered for me. The reason Jesus went through this process of, of great distress to the point where his, his, uh, his sweat became like, like great drops of blood, that, that he was going through this, this time, this intense time of fear and, and anguish. And listen, there's no shame in that. The Bible puts it right out there. Jesus dealt with fear. And he did it for some specific reasons. I think the number one reason he did this was Jesus felt fear so that he could identify with us. You see, when we have fear, Jesus doesn't step back and go, what's wrong with you, you faithless, cowardice, pitiful people? He steps to us. He goes, man, I know what you're dealing with. Listen, Hebrews puts it like this in Hebrews chapter 4. It says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one, listen, who in every respect has been tempted. Everything that you and I ever deal with, any, any, any temptation to succumb to fear, to yield to shame, to, 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 to deal with lust, anything that you and I have, will ever deal with, in every respect he has been tempted as we are yet without sin. He, he didn't sin. He, he, didn't, he didn't give in to it. So then, verse 16 says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy. Aren't you glad that God's a God of mercy? He is a God who never casts us out. He never rejects us. He always looks at us with mercy, with grace, and welcomes us. He draws us to himself even as he's walking towards us. He's always there. And he goes on and says that we might find grace to help in the time of need. And can I tell you that when we're dealing with fear, when we're dealing with this temptation to, be, to, to succumb to fear and, and it attacks and fear attacks in so many ways, when the thing to do is to press into, it's to run to God. You see, Jesus knows that you and I will never be able to make a fear, if we will never be able to fulfill the will of God in our life by making fear based decisions. Let me say it again fear based decisions will never move you to the will of God, it'll never move you to fulfilling God's purposes in your life. You see, Jesus acted above his fears. He went to God, he prayed, he poured himself out. Because Jesus showed us the way, we can do that too. We've already seen here, we've already taken authority. There's already been a movement of God breaking people's fear in their lives of deliverance that's taken place today. But can I tell you, there's more to come, okay? It's not just a free people that are, a few people that are gonna leave free today. We're all gonna leave free today in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So Jesus did it for our benefit. Jesus acted beyond fear for our benefit. And can I tell you that when you and I will ever come to the place by the Spirit of God that we live beyond the influence of fear in our lives, it will not only bless our lives, it'll start to impact and bless the lives of others. 
So we know that fear comes, and when fear is present, it's there to help push us or direct us or lean on us to get us to make uh, bad decisions. I, I think really what we're talking about here when fear comes in our life is it has to do with what's our perspective of God. How do we see God? Well, do I see God as someone who's looking for a reason to be disappointed in me, looking for a reason to straighten me out, looking for a reason to, to take me to the woodshed or ground me or put me in the corner or whatever kind of punishment or abuse you've uh, experienced in your life? If that's the God that you see, then you know what's going to happen? You're going to step back. You're not going to run to that God. But if you see God as a loving, wonderful, amazing Father who cares about you, who cares about everything that goes in your heart, if you see his throne as a throne of grace, then you know what will happen. We'll run to that throne of grace. Then we'll go to God and we'll say, God, I need help. Can I tell you that this is what Jesus did? Jesus said, God, I'm feeling the weight of this, of this pressure of going to die. And God, I don't understand. I don't know what it's going to be like. I've never experienced it. You know what? He ran to God. He exposed that thing that would seek to hinder him. He, so he ran to God, and I want to encourage that that's what you and I should do. Another thing was that Jesus had the full knowledge of everything that he was going to go through. He knew that he was going to, he knew that he was going to suffer. He knew he was going to be scourged and beaten. He knew that he was going to be nailed to a cross, that he was going to, be, that he was going to die. He knew that, in my opinion, he knew that he was going to bear the weight of the sin of the world. And for an instant, God was going to have to blink. God was going to have to take his eyes because he couldn't look at all that sin. He knew that just for an instant, there was going to be a separation from his God, and it was overwhelming to him. There's times we do know that there's things. There's times because of things that we know. Fear comes and is a part of our life. There's times when we know that there's been a, a report from the doctor that means that there's going to be, have to be some kind of a surgery or, or we get a report about a, a child that's, that's maybe heading in the wrong direction and we know that if they continue in that direction that it's going to bring pain and it's going to bring um, just, just bad uh, results and, and, and bad things are going to come into their lives and we don't want to see that and, and so fear comes in and tries to define that circumstance and that situation and and I'm telling you that when we, there's lots of things we know that will bring fear, that the enemy will try to use to bring fear in our lives. But there's a lot of things we don't know that try to bring fear into our lives. The fear of the unknown. And so what Jesus says to us is no matter whether you know or you don't know, that the first response is to run to God. Run to God. He's our safe place. Amen. He's our place where we get strength. He's our place of courage. The third thing that we find out in this situation was that Jesus was under the full assault of Satan. I, I believe that, Jesus, that, that, that Satan really did. He said, I want to keep Jesus from getting to the cross. And if I can break him in the midst of fear, if I can break him in the garden, if I can get him to give up in the midst of the most crucial, hard, torturous time of his life, if I can put so much torment on his life that he quits, <clears throat> then he'll never accomplish redemption for the world. And you and I wouldn't have any reason to be here today. But you know what? He didn't give up. He didn't give up. He pressed on. He, went, he overcame the spirit of fear. Uh, Corey quoted that scripture earlier. That God has not given us a spirit of fear, 
but of power and love and a sound mind, of strength, of the ability to process things rightly, the ability to make right decisions. You see, that's what God does in our lives. God equips us to be courageous and to overcome. Uh, so, so Satan was attacking Jesus. The, the scripture says this in Luke, you don't have to put it up on the screen, but in Luke chapter 4, it says that, that after Jesus went out and was being tempted in the beginning of his ministry, remember this? The Bible says this, it says that the devil left Jesus alone until there was an opportune time. I, I want to tell you right now that, that there's times you'll, you'll have a little bit of, of a release. You won't feel the immediate attack of the enemy. But you know what he's looking for? He's looking for an opportune time in your life. And I've got to just tell you, let's never, let's never get this mixed up that, that the enemy doesn't hate you. He hates you. And, and he's looking for an opportunity. He's looking for a time when, when you've been worn out physically or you've gone through some kind of a trauma or there's been a tragedy in your life. Maybe you're, maybe you're dealing with some type of a financial situation in your life and it, says, it just doesn't look like there's any hope. And can I tell you that when there doesn't look like any hope that there will be a counselor who will come alongside you and say, I guarantee you there's no hope. The doctor's report comes in and, and, and it says it's, it's bad. And, the, and this, this, this demonic counselor will come along and he'll say, oh, it's not bad. It's terrible. You're going to die. You're going to be in great pain. I'm telling you, Satan is ruthless. And we never want to give him a place. We never want to open the door in any way, shape, or form. So the enemy is always looking for an opportune time. He's always looking for a weak moment when he will strike in your life to try to take your legs out from under you, to try to drown you in the midst of fear and fretting and in worrying. Hebrews chapter 2 said this, and and, and and there, here we go. It says, since therefore... The children share in flesh and blood. He himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy. Everybody say destroy with me. He might destroy the one who has the power of death. That is the devil. Hey, guys, that's good news. Jesus has destroyed the work of the devil. Amen? Jesus has destroyed the enemy's ability to keep you snared, entrapped, in bondage to any fear. To any fear. Listen, to any fear. Jesus destroyed the work of the devil. Amen? See, fear's work is to bring us into bondage. That, that, that's what, what, what fear wants to do. It wants to, uh, to, just, to just keep us being anything from free. That's, that's why we do Kairoses, okay? If you haven't signed up for Kairos, sign up for Kairos this coming Saturday. You don't want to miss it. Man, Jesus purchased freedom for us. I believe there's more freedom than we can live in than we're already living in. Amen? Let's be there. Be there for Kairos. Let's experience that freedom. But the basis... I think the real basis for all fear really does, it boils down to the fear of death. And that's what Jesus, Hebrews we just read, said. Jesus came to, to destroy the works of the devil so that those who have feared death might be free. Anybody, anybody have any fears? In here? I mean, let's do this. How many people fear snakes? Anybody fear snakes? I fear snakes. Now, let's be honest. It's not really that we fear the snakes so much. We just fear they're going to bite us and kill us. We're going to die, right? So, right. I mean... <laughs> I, I believe the best, uh, the only good snake's a dead snake. And amen, I know that. Some of you, you know, would say, oh, no, we need all those garden snakes. Well, they can all be in your garden. I don't need them in my garden. So, okay. How many people have a fear of heights? Does anybody have a fear of heights, right? Well, let me, let's, 
I, you know, I, I, there's movies, Yvette and I, there's movies, and they look over the edge, my knees get tingly. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, if I get close, too close to the edge of the stage here, I'd be, you know, it's just, I'm not, the heights is not my thing. But it's not so much the heights that we're concerned about, is it? We're, we're concerned about falling and splatting, right? I mean, that's the way just, uh, we're concerned about the, the dying part of, of falling off the heights. How about, um, okay, one of some people, you know, when I, uh, anybody afraid of sharks? Anybody afraid of sharks? Fear of sharks, right? Just don't go in the ocean then. What's your issue? I mean, I don't understand. That's right. Man, we're not, we're not really afraid of sharks and spiders and all those ugly things. We're, we're afraid they're going to, they're going to chomp on us. They're going to eat us and we're going to die, right? We're just, we're, it's that fear of death. Well, what about financial fears? Anybody ever dealt with any financial fears? Yes, yes. Anybody know what Amazon is? You should be afraid of financial fears, right? And financial fears, right? Yes. Well, it's not really that we're afraid of just that there's this some you know there's this debt there. What are we afraid of? We're afraid of that they're going to come and take our house, and we're not going to be able to afford food, and we're going to starve, and we're going to die, right? It ultimately it ultimately boils down to the um, the, the to the fear. Of death. Anybody afraid of flying? Of flying? Nobody's afraid. A couple of people are afraid of flying. I was uh, a, a, a couple of flights back. I was on a flight and there was this lady that was uh, sitting across the aisle from me and she was obviously very, very afraid of flying. And I just looked over and I said, Hey, ma'am, you don't have anything to worry about? I'm on assignment from God. Well, I'm sure that brought great peace to her mind. You know, I'm sitting beside a crazy person. I'm going to die in a crash, you know, so, but, but. But hey, listen, good news here today is we don't die. We don't die. Jesus has delivered us from the power of death. You know, amen, does everybody get this? Come on, folks. We don't die. Do you know that? There will be a moment when we'll shut our eyes, but before our eyes are fully closed, our eyes will be open and we'll be more alive than we've ever been. We'll be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. We don't die. So fear tries to snare us. Fear tries to entrap us. Fear tries to keep us bound. It, it tries to, um, and let me say this. You know what fear is? Fear is a prophet spirit that's trying to prophesy and speak into your life to try to get you to believe a lie so you'll make a wrong decision and end up in a wrong place. That's why Jesus is the spirit of truth. He sets us free. He sets us free. You know, fear, uh, one of the words for fear is the word mo question. And and what it really means is it means to trap or to ensnare. It's a bait. It's a lure. It's a snare. All fear wants to try to do is to contain you, is to keep you from really experiencing the fullness of God and God's purpose in your life. Fear is trying to contain you. Fear is trying to control you. It's trying to limit you. But God has a plan to set you free. Amen? Amen. So we're going to, respe- we're going to re- uh, rebuke. We're going to reject. We're going to refuse this prophetic spirit from hell. And we're going to say, no, we welcome the presence of heaven in our lives. Amen? So Jesus felt fear, but Jesus overcame it. We feel fear, so we can overcome it as well. We can reject that. We can reject every and any kind of fear. Uh, One specific thing I would mention is that in the Bible, more than any other fear that's mentioned, the Bible talks about the fear of man. 
says being afraid of man, being afraid that man will hurt you, being afraid that man will, will not approve of you, that man will reject you, that man will, will do something bad to you. And the Bible says this. It says, hey, that that fear of man does, it ensnares us, it traps us, it drags us away from the presence of God, from the focus of God. Psalm chapter 29 says, the fear of man brings a snare, but those that trust in God, they're going to be safe They're going to be saved. Can I tell you today that if you'll keep your focus on God, if you'll keep your heart tuned into Jesus, if you'll keep your life tuned in and filled with the Spirit of God, you can walk in safety. You can walk in freedom. You can be an overcomer. And fear can have no impact upon your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. So uh, the devil's trying to influence through fear, but Jesus sets us free. Here's uh, some ways that we can overcome fear. You ready? Three, Three quick things, ways that we can overcome uh, in our own self, we can't handle fear. That's a lie. We, we, we don't get it. We don't have enough strength in our own selves. But if we'll, um, if number one is if we'll admit your fear without shame, if we will admit our fear, well, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I'm afraid of snakes, okay? There's nothing wrong with what, what, where the problem comes is when we try to cover our fears, when we try to pretend that, that we're not fearful, okay? I, I can remember... Back in, um, in about sixth grade, and uh, this guy and I um, were trying to establish to prove our manhood, and, and I didn't like to fight. I was never uh, that good at it, um, you know, that's so... And, uh, and so um, this guy, George, I can remember, uh, kept picking on me and stuff. And, I, and uh, so finally got to the point, hey, you want to fight? Have you ever seen like kind of junior hires fighting? You know, they stick their chest out and they kind of bump each other and bump each other. Well, evidently, George had big brothers and they didn't just bump each other. And George punched me in the face. And um, yeah, and, and, and I, I didn't like fighting even more. So, uh, <laughs> Okay. But it's when we cover, it's when we hide, it's when we pretend that we're not afraid, that we're not afraid of, of that situation that's going on in our marriage, or we're not afraid, uh, you know, we're, we're afraid to acknowledge that, that the way somebody says something or does something, that it brings fear, that it brings hurt and pain into my life. When we try to cover it, you, you remember in Adam and Eve when they, when they sinned and and they, they, all that back in the garden. Does anybody remember? Has anybody ever heard of Adam and Eve? Does anybody read their Bible in here? Is that, has anybody? Ever, okay. All right. So Adam and Eve, right? The, the first thing that they did in response to sin was they covered themselves. Do you know what covering is? Covering is the first degree of separation from God. Every time we try to cover something, every time we try to hide something, every time we put a layer of self-defense on Okay, every time we, we do that. No, instead of doing that, what we're going to do is we're going to run to God. We're going to go, God, hey, I'm afraid of this. We're going to drag that thing that's trying to get us to hide in the dark. We're going to drag it into the light. We're going to grab it by the throat, and we're going to drag that fear. God, I'm afraid of my financial situation. God, I'm afraid for my lost child. God, I'm afraid for my marriage. God, I'm afraid, and God, I'm bringing it to you. I'm dragging it out into the light of your throne where I can get grace where I can receive mercy, where I can find help in a time of need. Amen? This is what we're going to do. How do you... Now, now, let me ask you. Anybody here have children? Jesus, help those people. No, I'm just... Okay. No, we all... Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anybody have young children? Double help them. Double portion in the name of Jesus. Right? So, but hey, listen. 
Your child comes to you and says, I'm scared. Something's frightened me. I'm, afra- I'm afraid. We don't, we don't beat them down. What's wrong with you? you? That's not how we handle that. No, we get down on their level. We come to them. We wrap our arms around them, and we don't shame them, and we don't reject them, and we don't neglect them. Can you imagine what God, who is a much better parent than any of us here, what God does? Aren't you glad that he comes to us and he runs to us? As we just start, Dad, I'm afraid, and all of a sudden, what's happening? He runs to us, and he grabs us, and I love what Corey said. He steps up in front. What's trying to harm my child? I'm telling you, we had something go on here recently at the church and, and, and just kind of a, a negative thing. And when I heard about it and we knew it was the enemy, man, my response was, how dare? How dare the devil think that he can come and do something to one of our children in the presence of our house? How dare him think he can do that? Man, not on, no, we've been given authority. We've been given power. We've been given victory by the resurrection of Jesus Christ over everything that would seem to harm us. Amen? Hey, we don't have to yield to it, so let's drag it into the light. Second thing is, let's submit our fears to God. Take it to God. Take it to God. You see, overcoming fear does not begin by ignoring it. It begins by acknowledging it. Okay? Let's not pretend that it doesn't exist. Courage Okay, courage is acting in spite of fear. And the greatest action that we can take is to run to God. The greatest action we can take is tell God on that thing that's trying to bring fear in our lives. Amen? Amen. So everybody's going to feel fear. Can I tell you, uh, sons and daughters of God, great people, what they do is they act in spite of fear. So go ahead. I'm telling you today, acknowledge your temptations. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge that temptation, that struggle, that emotion, that feeling that's going on in your life. Uh, There was a time when I'd say feelings don't get a vote. Feelings do get a vote. They just don't get the last vote. Amen? They, They get to have influence. They just don't get to have all influence. So now we drag those feelings to God and say, God, this is what I'm feeling. I'm not going to pretend I don't know feel this. God, you already know that I feel it. I'm going to bring it to you. And then God's going to give us the strength to act above and beyond, to act courageously beyond the fear in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. And listen, guys, this is important. This is important because the the, the worst decisions you'll ever make in your life will be fear-based decisions. The worst decision you'll ever make in your life. I could go back through. I could prove it to you 50 times in Scripture. You know, God's not going to honor his promise. You can go all the way back into the patriarchs. God's not going to honor his promise. I better go ahead and, you know, have a child by my handmaid. And we're still feeling the results of that today. So, uh, you know, let's trust God. Let's trust God. Amen? The final thing, the final thing I would say today is let's focus on God's presence and God's love. Even while we're feeling the fear, even while we're, we're, we're feeling the pressure, even while we're feeling the temptation to hide, the temptation to isolate, the temptation to separate from that person or that place or that thing, in the midst of it, we're going we're gonna to start to focus on God. God, I don't have enough strength to take a step yet. God, I don't have enough strength to be courageous yet, but God, I'm going to look to you. God, I'm just going to look at you. Corey, we thought it was so cool what you said earlier today about Jesus, seeing Jesus. I am, 
years ago, God gave me a wonderful picture of the Lord in heaven and reaching out, looking over the kind of the, the, the gate of heaven and, and just smiling. And then he put his arm around my dad and my dad smiling and then my brother smiling. I love, it's just a, it's, a, it's a picture that blesses me. It just blesses me. And so I was worshiping there today and I saw that picture and all of a sudden I heard the Lord say that. I'm not there. And then I felt that same thing. I felt his arms around me saying, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. And today I want you to know God is here. God is here for you. God is here to put his hand on your life. So the question isn't, isn't how big the devil is or how big we see the problem is. The question is, how big do we see our God? Is he big enough to handle any circumstance or situation in your life? Is he big enough to drive out any fear, to overcome any obstacle? Well, absolutely, positively, he is. I want you to do this with me today. I'm going to ask the guys. We're going to put Psalm chapter 23 up here on the scripture, uh, up here on the, 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 the uh, screen. And then uh, I want us to say this together, okay? Let, let, let's just say it together, and it's going to go from verse to verse to verse. But, but let's, just, let's just say this together. Can we read out loud? Ready? One, two, three. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. One more time, let's say that again. I will fear, one more time, I will fear no evil. Why? Because... For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Listen to this next part. Go ahead. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and will shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever, ever, ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I love that. I love that. I'll fear no evil. You're with me. Your rod and your staff. Okay. Rod and staff are not, they're not instruments to beat and to harass. They're instruments of comfort and direction and assurance. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. I love that. Listen, in the midst of difficult torturous, hard things. Can I tell you that God can prepare a blessing for you? I was listening to a message this week and I heard somebody say, he said, you know what? When it seems like you're facing a giant, just remember giants own big things. When God kills the giants, you get the big things. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So God has good things in the midst of those, touch, of those tough situations. And the greatest thing that he gives us is what? It's his presence. It's his presence, and out of his presence, he covers us. He causes peace and love to overflow within us. Goodness and mercy follow us, and we get to dwell with him forever and forever and forever. Folks, I'm telling you, I will fear no evil because he is with me. Amen? Anybody say, I will fear no evil for he is with me. Why don't you stand this morning? We don't have time to go into it, but Hebrews chapter 1 uh, talks about it. says that, um, that, that to, to be alert to the fact 
that, that angels and ministering spirits are always around. You, you know what? I believe if just for a moment, just for a moment, and I, I want to challenge you to do this, just for a moment, if, if we could have our eyes open to the spiritual realm, if we could see how many are for us, how much God is for us, how much of his presence is with us, how many angels are watching over us, how, many, how much strength is on our side. Can I tell you, if, if we could see into the spiritual realm, I'd tell you, I don't believe we would ever fear again. We'd never fear again knowing how much God has already done for us, how that he never forgets about us, that he's always with us. Amen? Amen. So one more time today, I just want to ask you just to shut your eyes and, and let me say this, maybe today you have an abundance of fear in your life because you have not. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're afraid about where you'll spend eternity. This morning, all you have to do is say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. I want you to come in and forgive my sin. I want you to come in and be my God. Never take your eye off of me. If that's you this morning, would you just lift your hand and say, I want Jesus to come and be my Lord, be my Savior, and conquer every fear in my life. Is, that, is there anyone here for the very first time? Okay, yes. Anyone else this morning? Yes. Yes, thank you. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now for the rest of us. All right. Now for the rest of us. We're going to pray. And I just want to reaffirm what Corey said this morning. Don't leave this place without having somebody pray for you. Pray. And we're going to take authority over the spirit of fear. It's a lying spirit because it's not really a living spirit. Amen. And we're going to say we receive the work of the living spirit of the resurrected Jesus in our lives today. And so we're going to, we're going to break every demonic assignment, every, every fear assignment in your life. And we're going to say you're going to walk out in great freedom great mercy, grace, and love, and peace today. Amen? Amen. So if you, okay, if you this morning say, look, there were a lot of people who came up and prayed for, but I didn't come up, but fear has tried to impact my life. I want fear broken in my life. I want fear of approval. Whatever the fear is, you want that fear broken in your life today, just lift your hand right now. Yes, 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 yes. Come on. Yes, I see. Yes, God sees you. God sees you. Fear about the future, what the future holds. How am I going to make it? Yes. Where am I going to go to school? How am I going to deal with my friends? How am I going to deal with financial situations? How am I gonna... Yes. Yes. Matter of fact, why don't we just all right now just lift our hands together and say, God, we come before you. As your sons and your daughters, right now we approach that throne of mercy and grace. And God, we say, come and, and help us right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, by the authority, by the authority of, of your Lordship, by the authority of what you've said and what you've done in this house today, God, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, it has been established, God, that fear would not control, fear would not rule, fear would not ruin, fear would not dominate any person's life again in the name of Jesus. And so God, for all of your sons and daughters, all my brothers and sisters, God, right now, God, I just, uh, right this very minute, say, Father, fear be gone in the name of Jesus. We rebuke the spirit of fear. We rebuke the lying devil himself. We say we give no place to the enemy. All we do is welcome the fullness and the filling of the, of the presence of Almighty God. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your peace and grace. In Jesus' name, 
in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.